For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 136 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And, boy, do we have a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Oh boy. extravaganza. Shoo. So, before we do that, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blueharvestpodcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at blueharvestpod. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast.com. At gmail.com. We have a T Public store up, shirts, mugs, whatever the hell you want, with some excellent artwork by some good friends of ours. Tpublic.com slash user slash a blue harvest podcast. And we are so proud to be part of the best damn ass podcasting network in the galaxy, the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. And uh, we're the turd in the punch bowl among a delicious concoction of podcasts that include, now this is podcasting, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, The Sith List, Rogue One, Podcast 2187, Cantina Cast, Idiot's Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, First Order Transmissions, and The Cargo Hold. And you know what? After After you get done listening to us, you're like, man, I'd like to hear some more people talk about all this crazy fucking Star Wars news that dropped this week. Well, just mosey on over. Just take a couple of mosey little steps or wheels or whatever you do, whatever your preference is, over to the Making Star Wars Podcast Network and you will find a bevy of beautiful content to hold you over. A bountiful cornucopia. So, um... You know what I like about that business? You just kicked in the door and gave me the quick and dirty business. It was it was hot. What's up, Will? Here's some damn ass business. Ooh, in my face. <laughs> so how you been, buddy? Oh, you know, good. Making it. Trying to avoid the flu this season. Oh no! Is it? Have you had close encounters of the flu kind? No, no, no. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. Okay. I've been uh, taking precautions to avoid communal areas, swiping down the buggy with the sandy wipe at the grocery store. You know, the flu is deadly this year. Yeah, I it's mean, brutal. Um, brutal. 
dying kids, man. It's upsetting. Yeah. So, you know, when I went home for Christmas this year, my mom had the flu and she was tooling around the house in one of those like masks, you know, like a surgical yeah. mask. Like she's uh, in public it. in uh, Japan or something. Yeah. Like she's taking public transportation, taking the subway in Japan. Um, and I was real worried. Like I get paranoid about getting sick ever since I had that yeah. real bad medical incident. Damn near oh, shit. Fucking eight years almost at this point. <clears throat> I get real worried about getting sick. It's also cause I'm getting old and I'm staring death in the fucking face. Um, that, uh, I, I ain't trying to get the flu. And luckily, like I made it out without getting the flu. Jesse got kind of sick, but I, it was never the flu. I think she just got kind of like a bug. Yeah, some sort of winter bug, winter bug, cold thing. But yeah, man, the um, flu. Was I brutal. saw your sweet, sweet mother at a Super Bowl party at the Payne residence. It was good to see her. I didn't even know that the, there was a fucking Super Bowl party at the Payne residence. Did you not? No, my family don't dig me anymore, man. You're just so far away. Two hours. That ain't that far away. <laughs> I can't help it. Me and my lady have uh, tight work schedules. And then there was some big news. Big news that I don't really want to talk about. Big important news in the family. Right? That the family's known about since December. And it just got dropped casually to me in a conversation with one of my cousins. And I was like, What? I didn't know this. Somebody should have told me. Oh, we thought you nothing, man. It's like I. It's like you would think two hours away. I live in a, another galaxy. Like Elon Musk you know set me up in a SpaceX rocket, <laughs> and I'm orbiting uh, the moon in a fucking Tesla Roadster. They're using that as leverage to get you to come home and visit more often. I don't know that, but I, I suspect can't I, come if home I, if I, I don't know when events are. If I put my <coughs> if I put my thinking cap on. By the way, the Falcon Heavy overshot the Mars orbit, and it's headed for the asteroid belt. Oh, really? Yeah, the asteroid belt in between Mars and the rest of the planets. Um, so I saw someone on Twitter asking you what uh, what you whipped up for Super Bowl Sunday, since you're yeah. such an esteemed culinary connoisseur. Yeah. What? Uh, what? And I, and I saw it, but why don't you clue our listeners in? What'd you whip up? Well, the menu I gave was everything that was the was the menu that was served up uh, at the Payne residence. I see. Um, my personal contributions were the warm buffalo chicken dip, which I thought was exquisite. I thought you would have dug that. I'm sure uh, I would have given the and, chance. <laughs> and uh, a cold chipotle dip, Southwest chipotle dip, which I think you would have also dug. Oh, and let uh, me say, uh, Goose Payne, uh, it's excellent that you're such good. I know you listen, Goose. Uh, it's, it's, I'm so stoked that you're such good friends with my best friend Will here, but maybe I'd like an invite to Battlegrounds every now and then. <laughs> Pop on late at night and I'm like, hey Will, somebody, you want to play Battlegrounds? Oh, Goose has been texting me all day to play. Where's my Battlegrounds text, Will, Goose? Yeah, my he feelings are getting kind of hurt tonight. He doesn't Jeez. text me all day to play. Be, everybody just be leaving me out in the cold. I guess I'm not hardcore elite enough to play with you guys. Only got no, one no, chicken no. dinner under my belt. We invited you the other day, and you were playing with Jesse, and you were like, "You were like, this is my last one. I'm about to go to the bed." Yeah, I hopped on for two games real quick. Yep. Me no, and, me and Jeremy got a chicken dinner. I saw but the no. sickest chicken dinner I've ever gotten. We don't have to talk about this now. We can go. We can go on to the other stuff. But. 
No invites I, for halls, man. Just left out in the it. cold, like fucking. No, nah, man. Perks no. of being a wallflower. Perks of being a hallsflower.com. Did me dirty, Goose. You broke my damn heart. And, and, and to think how I was like when you first, the day you first got the game, Goose, and I was like, no, man, you need to do this. Don't drop where everybody else is. Try to do this with your parachute, trying to help a brother out and stuff. No invites from halls. It's all right. It's all right. Not hardcore enough. I get it. You're not hardcore unless you live hardcore. <coughs> all right. So <laughs> now that I've guilted my brother-in-law, he's not going to give a shit. He's going to be like, Guilt. man, what can Guilt I tell you, man? What can I tell you, man? Hey, man, you know I was having a Super Bowl party. Have one every year. You should come on. Open invitation. You're welcome anytime. Oh, I don't know if the first one will be what he says, but he'll definitely say that. Of Man, you just got to come, man. You know you just come. Which, just yeah, show up. I know. Just show up. Everybody, everybody would rather play video games with somebody besides Halls. No. It's the, no, the sad the story case. of the season. <laughs> All right. Why don't we talk about some Star Wars? Uh, shit, where do we start? I guess we should go sort of chronologically yeah, of what's happened the trailer. Since, um, since the last uh, time we, we talked to you guys. So you were at uh, House de la Paine for the Super Bowl. And what was there any sort of reaction to the Star Wars trailer when it came out? Oh, yeah. The house lit up. Oh, everybody's like, oh, Star Wars solo trailer. I think everybody's a little sauced by then. So, you know, some of that was probably some alcohol fueled excitement. But it it was excitement. Everybody stopped what they were doing to watch it. And after it was done, I was like, this looks good. It looks good. I'm excited. I was like, damn right. I'm excited. It does look good. Hell yeah. I, um, so, just as a quick aside, you know what I had for Super Bowl uh, snacks? Okay. I had uh, a handful of almonds. I had a bottle of water. And I had some baked chicken. Mmm, delicious. That's Man, how you really do the them. sad trombone. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, I mean, Jesse was working. <clears throat> and I was just sitting at the house by myself. Luckily, Sunday morning, our good buddy Jason who you guys heard last week from Making Star Wars, posted on his Twitter basically the schedule of the first few ads that were going to be playing during the Super Bowl. And, like, I'm not going to lie. Super Bowl's not my thing. So, But the re- ads are sick. Yeah, and really all I cared about was the solo ad. And just, I don't know why. I know it goes up on YouTube pretty much immediately after it airs. But I want it, like, I kind of dig when they have the big live event, seeing it when it airs on TV and stuff. So, I knew that it was going to be, like, what, the first or second commercial during the second commercial break? It was early. Yeah, it was early, super early. So, um, you know, I knew when to look out for it. I was all sitting on my couch, checked out the solo teaser, you know, my phone started blowing up with texts, and then, uh, you know. Switched over and played some video games. It was nice. Um, Did you see the the Dinklage Doritos and the Morgan Freeman Mountain Dew commercial? I did not. If you haven't seen that yet, you need to. That's probably those two are the ones that stick out. And Hopper from Stranger Things. That's what I was about. To, I saw that afterwards. You know, I went and looked up 
uh, all the movie ads uh, and stuff like that. And then I, everybody was making such a big deal about the uh, David Har Harbor, I think that's his name, uh, Tide ad that I, I looked that up as well. And it was pretty funny. I got to be honest. I like that dude quite a lot. Yeah, David right. Harbor. You know he's playing Hellboy in the new. I Hellboy was about to say movie. that's what I was about to tell you. He's going to be Hellboy, you know. <clears throat> um, but you need to see the Doritos Mountain Dew one. They are hilarious. Yeah, I'll and have to look it up. So, what did you think? <laughs> oh, 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 oh God! Hog's got the chronic obstructive brachiectomy. Doc said I need a bachyotomy. What did you think of um, our first little, I guess we'll call it the TV, big game TV spot. What did you think of it? I thought it was good. I thought it was appropriately teasing. Like teasing. <coughs> I think saw some good shots of the characters, some good shots of some action. Donald Glover as Lando, grinning big. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I uh, I was pretty stoked. I mean, I always am after a Star Wars trailer, especially our our first look at one of the upcoming movies. That's always exciting. Um, you know, I thought it did a really good job. <clears throat> and then another thing that I was really impressed by is I just assumed that the uh, teaser we would get the next day would be that 45 seconds with more footage <coughs> and there's a you know there was a surprisingly amount well actually it seems like most of the teaser that came out the next day was new footage with very little reused stuff so that was a nice surprise um pablo hidalgo said this funny thing on twitter um he posted, I guess, quoted this article that was like, "Oh, the 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 Millennium Falcon with the the container in the middle section creates a plot hole, you know, about about the Millennium Falcon." And then Pablo Hidalgo just said, "No, it doesn't. Like, yeah, no, it do not." Uh, nowadays, in this world, plot hole means that minor detail I hadn't ever noticed before. Well, I think if I and if I'm not mistaken, I think that refers to the Falcon's cameo appearance in Revenge of the Sith. You know, you briefly see the Falcon uh, in Revenge of the Sith. <clears throat> Do you know it's the Falcon, or is it a Corellian YT? Model? I believe it has been uh, been affirmed to be the Falcon. I could be wrong on that, and honestly, but I mean, just know, like uh, just like our our nowadays tractor trailers. I'm sure you transport a container, drop it off, grab another container. I'm sure there are multiple containers to fit that space on this freighter. Absolutely, yeah. I mean that that's all they could always just explain it that way. Like, yeah, it didn't have that front container part connected. That's all it is. They could also say, you know, go back and say that um that it's not the Falcon and Revenge of the Sith. They could always just be like because, you know, at no point in the Revenge of the Sith are people like Oh shit, son! The Millennium Falcon. It's just because in the Revenge of the Sith, Han Solo is like five years old. Yeah, but he doesn't own it. I mean, it's it, it's clear that whoever's in that ship at the time is not Han. I guess it could be Lando, but I always assumed it was someone that owned the Falcon even before Lando. Right. I assume Han <clears throat> but, and Lando are the same age. 
No, I think uh, Lando's actually a little older than Han. Oh, really? Yeah. I, 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 um, just going on the actor's age alone, I believe. I mean, even even if he was five years older than Han, that would make him ten years old in Revenge of the Sith. You know? Yeah. Um, well, let's... Okay, let's... Let's do some uh, two plus two is four minus one. That's three quick maths. I believe, I always get this confused, but I believe A New Hope is around 19 years after Revenge of the Sith. So Luke and Leia are 19, 1920. Right. Han, Han is, is in his 30s. Really? So like maybe 30, 32. So, you know, that puts him 12 years older so yeah that would mean he's probably what around 12 or 13 it means he's in 12 and yeah 12 or 13 revenge of the Sith. so you know lando I mean, could be maybe lando 18, could be 18 or 20 yeah but i mean whatever it'll all shake out it's such a minor detail in revenge of the sith it was a cool little cameo it was an easter egg basically yeah easter egg i don't really know that it really matters counts um, as a cameo but anyway um when you the shots we see of the falcon it looks i mean white bleached bleached white like it looks like that shit was just bought you know off the lot is how fresh and clean the interior of the falcon looks yes it does and um, it makes it it makes me think about how gross it kind of looks in yeah. <laughs> jesse had I'm a like, funny tweet dude. about it where she had like a side-by-side picture of you know the the hallways that we see in the trailers and right. the like a you know a, a classic picture of those hallways and they're all brown and yellow and dirty and Jesse was like, this is why you don't smoke inside, kids. Right. This is why you don't buy white leather couches. <laughs> yeah, I saw that someone do that one, too. That was a good one. Um, yeah, and so along with all the solo news this week, or with the trailers and stuff, we also had some other big news. We'll get to that after we discuss the trailers and stuff. But there was also a Big group of fucking excellent Anthony Bresnikan produced EW articles that came out this week. And in one of those, we'll try to reference those as we discuss the trailers. Anything we miss, we'll pick up next week. You guys know how sort of the Star Wars news cycle works. It seems like, boom, lots of news, and then it'll quiet down for a couple of weeks. So we'll get caught up on everything. We even may have a special guest next week. Bum, um, trying to work through my buddy Will's wish list here. He expressed a couple of guest wish lists, and I was like, "I got you." Put I'm together, work put together my who's who amongst Star Wars podcasting favorites that I, my idols that I would like to, that you may not have had the chance to in the past. Bask in the glory uh, of. <clears throat> anyway, so uh, in one of the articles. Uh, and I believe it's the one about Lando. They sort of talked about how, like, Lando's view of the Falcon is more of a pleasure craft. Like, you know, he, it's, I think it's visual representation of the differences between the two owners, between Lando and, and Han. So, and I like the clean Falcon. I got to be honest. I think the clean Falcon looks pretty it's badass. Fresh, fresh to death. <laughs> and it also shows you, like, how much Han tore that shit to pieces since? How many uh, miles he put on it? It, it I, I see, what, like it made it homey. Yeah, you know, and I well, and, and see, like there's, like it's not missing any of the panels on it, like it is, you know, when Han owns it, original trilogy, Force Awakens, and you got to wonder. Han like, made a couple special modifications. Yeah, 
itself. Did it, were those like? Was he like? If I rip off a few of these panels, this shit will go faster. Or was that like just damn? I had to rate? rip off those panels to install his special mods, and then you know keep maintenance on them. Why put those panels back when I keep having to tinker around in there? Chewbacca just gets pissed having to rip them off. <laughs> Wearing his little chewy, <laughs> chewy welding goggles. Um. So we're talking about the Falcon, and this got me thinking, like. So, since the Falcon was reintroduced in The Force Awakens when Rey finds it on Jakku or, you know, steals it off of Jakku, um, it hasn't really had any downtime to be worked on. And it's, you know, still all beat up, still looking like even worse for wear than it did in the original trilogy, right? I wonder if there is a time jump between episode 8 and 9. Are we going to see a somewhat repaired Falcon? I can't see it being to the point it is in Solo, but are we going to see somewhere in between that maybe? Like maybe Ray and who knows, maybe uh, Rose modify and fix up the Falcon a little bit? That'd be cool, I think. I, I don't think Chewie would let that happen. I think Chewie takes very possessive ownership of the Falcon. Well, yeah. I mean, at the at the most, maybe Ray has those panels bleached or whatever, but you know, reupholstered. I don't know how you do that. No, I'm saying more like just fixed up a little, which I don't think Chewie would necessarily have a, a problem with. I, I, to be honest, I was kind of surprised that in Chewie's downtime on uh, Octu during the Last Jedi, we didn't see him sort of tinkering around on the Falcon at some point. But you know, neither here nor there. It's just something I was kind of thinking about, like because it's going to need a new radar dish. That's for sure. And the way she bypassed the uh, the compressor, the com- the hyperdrive compressor, I don't know was the most effective way. <laughs> she just ripped some uh, wires out. I was about to say, I'm, I hope Chewie went back and soldered that shit to get you know, just so they don't come apart in hyperspace. That shit's a fire hazard, son. Loose wiring sparking off in the Falcon and shit. Oh, all right, so why don't we take a look? Just real quickly at the uh, big game TV spot to sort of give us a a reminder of all the cool shit we had, and then we'll discuss it. If you uh, see anything you'd like to bring up as we're watching it, feel free. So you want to make a difference? Yeah. Um, Trust me, you're going to love it. This shot of the... That's a cool shot of the Star Destroyer coming out of the nebula or whatever the fuck that is. Cool shot. Cool shot. Your name? (laughs) Too cool. Too cool. Um, I love the shot of the uh, the speeder he's driving. Yeah. I read an article that said it might be it, it looks slightly similar to a uh, Ford Falcon Ford Falcon yeah which uh, Harrison Ford drove in American graffiti uh, one of the films George Lucas directed before Star Wars that Ron Howard was also in so I mean all of that would come out I mean I'm totally cool with that like it looks okay you know, so I'm, hot roddy cars like even if it's not a nod or an easter egg or anything like that it, it's a cool coincidence. well also ford falcon millennium falcon no yeah know, i get it that would be a cool little tie over now 
I don't know that you can necessarily tie the Ron Howard connection in necessarily. The other ones make perfect sense. I didn't realize that's what Harrison Ford drove in American Graffiti was a Ford. I saw it. It's been Um, a while since I've seen American Graffiti. But I think um, the Ron Howard one, you can't really tie in because they were also shooting stuff with that same car when uh, Lord and Miller were directing the movie. So what I'm basically saying is... I always want to say Lord Miller. Like he's some sort of... (laughs) Lord Miller. Lord Miller. King of fucking up a Star Wars movie so bad that he gets <laughs> fired. Lord Miller. Um, the one thing I will say is the console of the Falcon. I mean, everything just looks so fresh and clean and new. You know, there's no there's no patina, right? There's no right. gunk or crime from time. Everything is fresh. Did you ever know? I, <clears throat> I mean, I'm not going to lie here. I've never really had a nice enough car to do this. But did you ever know someone that like every Saturday they're like, wash the car, vacuum out the interior, get out the little interior brushes and dust the vents. Hell no. I, 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 I played at that with my very first car, my white Pontiac Bonneville. Oh, I remember that car. And, uh, you know, I, I kept it, I kept it in good condition, you know, like, right. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but I've known, because it was my first car, you know, right. armor all wipes, take a toothpick to all the fine grooves to get the crap out. You know, I, I tried to keep it nice. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just saying, I've known people that do that like every weekend with their car. My cousin, um, Brooks husband, Keith, he's that kind of guy. Like before they had kids, he had a <clears throat> really nice Corvette and man, he fucking detailed that thing constantly. Yeah. But like, if you're going to have like, a car a, nice yeah. That's basically where I'm at with it. But that seems basically what I'm trying to get is like Lando's that dude. Lando is the dude that goes out every Saturday with the hose and the bucket and the turtle wax and the detail brushes. Whatever. The wheel shine. Lando throws some credits at some Jawas to do that for him. He drops it off and says, I'll be back in an hour. I don't know. Lando seems like the kind of guy that would. Lando does not seem like he would get his cape dirty. He's like, I'm going to go play some Sabak. And when I get back, it better be sparkling. I guess you could be right about that. I guess I could sort of see that. That's the game, right? Sabak. Sabak, I believe is how it said. Sabak. Um, was uh, what's your favorite shot from that first big TV? Uh, you know, the big game TV teaser. Probably the the chase. That speeder chase. Right on. Mine is definitely, out of that one, it's definitely the Star Destroyer coming out of the clouds. I just think that's a cool shot. They've been, like, it's it's almost like since the, you know, Disney era of Star Wars, they were like, you know what? Let's do really cool Star Destroyer shit in these new movies. Like, Yeah, they were like, you know, on, <clears throat> in all the other Star Wars, we didn't get to see, the, you know, the Star Destroyer in some cool backgrounds you know it's always been in a battle yeah, i was trying to think i don't really they did well <clears throat> i kind of like the escape from the star destroyer and the force awakens where finn and poe are in the x-wing and they're like flying all through the the infrastructure of the star destroyer like on the outside and stuff that's really cool but i don't know that we've yeah. necessarily had like a big cool awe-inspiring um star destroyer shot in that movie um, but Rogue One, fucking talk about some st- right. Star Destroyer shots. Right. 
that's something I'll always give Rogue One credit for is that space battle is oof, that's some good business. I mean, the shot of it, the shot of the star destroyers passing the radar, the dish, the star, you know, star destroyer dish as it's going in yes, place with the shadow the star destroyer that was really in atmosphere cool. on Jeddah. Um. So yeah, those were cool. Last Jedi had a couple. Uh, to be honest, though, like they're not as cool as the Rogue One star destroyer things in my opinion like the um and then battlefront 2 had some sick star destroyer yeah um you know seeing when the um shit i can't even remember what the big star destroyer is at the very beginning of the movie that they destroy i'm having a hard time thinking i hit a pothole um but when you first see the supremacy and it does the cool like it's got that cool siren sound that almost sounds like a subway or subway submarine going beneath the water. That's how bad I want fucking bread right now, my dude. Subway, and I don't even really like subway. Mm. <laughs> um, Dave's Dave's good bread. Dave's good seed bread. You don't know nothing about it. You hadn't had bread in a while, have you? No, sir. There's this. Um, it's this brand of bread, like Dave's Killer Bread. Now, it's $5, $6 a loaf or some shit, but it's worth it because it's probably the kick-ass bread you will come across. It's like Dave's Killer. There are different kinds. There's like Power Seed and like all different kinds. Ugh. But Power Seed? Ugh. Yeah, dude. I don't, want I, like, of, I don't want none of Dave's Power Seed. He can keep like that shit to I like the papitas on top with the flax seeds. True. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah cool star star destroyer shit i guess dude looks like that's what we're in for in the future and i'm down um so yeah i really dig that shot uh a couple of other little things to sort of point out that i thought was interesting someone on twitter pointed out that the train you see in that teaser the one that's sort of switching on its axis on its on the track and you see what we assume to be the main villain of the movie fighting someone on the back of Apparently, that's very similar to the train design from Shadows of the Empire. Oh. What, what's the, is it Ord Mantell that's the second level in that? The one where you fight IG-88 oh, at God. the end? It's been so long, I, be- I can't remember. I believe I think that's Ord, correct. You fought IG-88 on like a salvage planet. Like a, right. a, junk, a junk salvage planet. Yeah, and I think that's Ord Mantell, I believe. I could be very wrong. Um... But yeah, nice, nice little, um, you know, little look at the movie. I did some people <clears throat> see some people kind of nervous afterwards because they were like, they didn't do many shots of Han. They didn't show him acting very much in it, which I think is kind of understandable given the turmoil, I, turmoil behind the production of this movie. I love. The jittery jitters everybody gets when a trailer comes out of how it didn't have this and it needs to have this. And it's like, guys, you get so many seconds and you have to hit all the bases. You have to show every character. You need a good action scene, some epic pan shot, you know, some main character. Then you don't want to give the whole goods away, you know? Well, and but everybody <clears throat> falls to pieces over, oh, they didn't show this in the trailer. Oh, they didn't show this in the trailer. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the 45 second Super Bowl teaser is definitely meant to get people that aren't already trying to find out when pre-sale tickets are going on sale. You know what I mean? It's definitely for people, especially when you put it on something as widely viewed as the Super Bowl, it's for the general audience. So you got to like, 
get the point across, show your character, show some cool shit in 45 seconds. Um, and then, you know, I, the next day when the full one came out, we got to see lots of dude being Han Solo. So, you know, I don't think the fact that they didn't show him in the Super Bowl teaser so much was very indicative of anything. You know, you got to show Chewie so people know that Chewie's in it. You got to show the Falcon so people know that shit's in it. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I came away from the, the Super Bowl teaser pretty hyped, man. I thought it looked pretty good. The The look of the movie, the cinematographer they have on this movie, like, lock this dude down. That shit looks Star Wars very good. Star Wars all the way, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I am not technically proficient in all the film film terms. Oh, they're using film instead of digital. Oh, it's uh the this filter. They're using this type of lens. I I don't know all that shit. I just know it looks cool, man. And uh I'm down to see more of this this movie and the way it looks. All right. Why don't we take a look at the official teaser? And see uh, what we come up with. Comment on anything that you find interesting. And uh, we'll discuss it at length at the end. <clears throat> I've been running scams on the street since I was 10. Let's see. It starts off with some more of that cool. You see the golden dice hanging from his rear view? Mm -hmm. Yep. His golden dice are on the rear view. Best shot in the trailer, maybe. Woo! About to be a gunfight. What's that? Hmm. That's probably my favorite. Oh, really? When she says, I know what kind of man you are, and he's like, what's that? And he's he's got this kind of amused look on his face, and then he gets kind of serious, like he's worried about what she's about to say. We're in trouble there for a second, but it's fine. We're fine. Oh, that one, too. Oh, that one too. Space Octopus! Our buddy Steel really digs the Space Octopus. And so do I, to be you know, completely honest. I, I like Thought that we were kind in trouble of... trouble there for a second, but we're fine. Everything's fine. I, um... I really dig. <clears throat> you know, the, the more look, a look more at uh, sort of what the story holds from us. And I think we can uh, sort of infer a few things from that trailer about the story. Um... <laughs> That, along with other things, you know, we've been previously told about the movie. That, for instance, right. it takes place over six years. So, you know, you put a little two and two together and minus one, you think, like, the street racer stuff? Pretty sure that's probably at the beginning of the movie. It's, it's Really? On, you think so? Because yeah. the other chick is in the car. Well, in the Entertainment Weekly article... When they talk about the different characters, they mention that Kira, that's how you say it, by the way. It's not Kira. It's Kira. Kira. Michael Giacchino. Um, they say that Kira and Han have known each other for a long time. Okay, all right. So I think that's him probably on Corellia, being a street racer, 
hanging his dice. The other thing is, like, do you think, like, if that was in the middle of a mission, he just whipped out his golden dice and hung him from the mirror? Nah, son. No, that's his speeder. Yeah. That's marked and claimed. Um, I like uh, when uh, old Woody Harrelson's like, I'm putting the crew together. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, and and I think ice job. We get a pretty good look at the crew throughout this trailer, I think. We see, of course, Lando, Han, Chewie, uh, Beckett, which is Woody Harrelson, eat the booty like groceries himself. Um, Chewie. Then, of course, there's um, Kira and the droid that's flying the Falcon with Lando. That may be my favorite shot of this. Uh, There's so many good ones, though, but the shot of... Lando and the droid, which is L337, Leet, by the way. Oh, oh. Um, really? Yeah, seeing them sort of do the start the Falcon up and like do the little hand signal and stuff. I love that part. Um, I think it's just so badass. I really like the design of that droid. I think it's pretty sick. Um, I th- like the music. And I know that's not that's not what the score of solo will be, but that that sick guitar riff right at the beginning. Yeah. I'm not that big of a fan of it, just to be honest. Like but I think it's okay for the trailer. I just hope that's not what the the final music in the movie is like. I mean John Williams is doing it, right? <laughs> no, he's he is only composing the theme for the movie, for Han. He's composing that, and then there's another guy doing the rest of the writing and the conducting and orchestration and all that. can't remember his name right now. <clears throat> I'll have to look it up. Um, but yeah, John Williams is just doing Han's theme. Um, so, speaking of the droid that's with Lando, there was some cool information about that droid in the Entertainment Weekly articles. <clears throat> First off, it's voiced and capture motion capture performed i guess that's right by phoebe waller bridge um when she was cast it was sort of you know out in the rumor mill that she was playing a motion capture character yeah so now we see who she's playing a droid and this droid is not owned by lando this droid is has no owner this droid is completely on its own does what it wants to do it's chosen to be in this crew or with Lando and it has made all of it's, it's not in its original form. It constantly makes, uh, modifications to itself. That's why, like, if you really look at it, it looks like parts maybe even come from like an astromech droid, like R2 and all these different things, but it's constantly taking parts from other droids and sort of modifying itself, which I thought was a pretty cool little detail. Um, uh, Lando looks fucking sick, dude. Oh, About to say we've never seen a droid that wasn't in service to someone that I don't believe. No, no, I think. Well, I mean, IG eighty eight, but does that really count? You know, mm. does that really count when, especially when any backstory for IG eighty eight isn't canon anymore? Yeah, and he's if he's a bounty hunter, he's hiring himself out, so he's willingly putting himself in the service of others. Yeah, technically, but I guess I mean it's his choice which jobs to take. I don't think that's any difference than this L three. We'll call it L three from now. Uh, then her, you know, being on a crew with a bunch of other people, it's right. you know, taking a job. 
IG-88 just does not play well with others. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes he becomes motherfucking AI behind the Death Star in some shitty what-if novels. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it'll be... Um, I think that's an interesting take on a droid that we haven't seen in the movies yet. Um, Hell yeah. I really like the design. I'm telling you right now, like that's going to be a for sure Wookiee weekend force Friday, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Purchase for me. Um, Donald Glover's Lando. <clears throat> um, I really, I, I like K2SO. And if you told yeah, me that they me were too. making a Cassian and K2SO movie, I'd be like, Psh, I'll go see it. I would be more interested in a Cassian and K2 comic or book or something than a movie. I mean, they could get to that eventually. I'm sure. But, Right now, I think they got too much to worry about trying to cover. Um, I think they're they're worried about Star Wars burnout. I, you say that, and I think they are not worried at all with all the shit that was announced this week. Yeah, um, because you know, obviously, they're going to go the you know, they haven't hit Marvel burnout yet. No, and and see, the thing is, is like Marvel Marvel's ten years into their cinematic universe, and it's about to release one of their most anticipated movies in a very long time, Black Panther. The, the hype and pre-sale tickets for that movie are insane right Astronomical. now. Astronomical. Lots of hype around that movie. And then just, what, three months later, they're going to release Infinity War, which there's also a crazy amount of hype behind. So, you know, if we get 10 years of lots and lots of Star Wars before people start burning out, fuck fine with me man you know i'm not you know i ain't gonna complain but i think it could go further i say bring it and and you know marvel doesn't show any signs of slowing down yet the eventually it will happen i would imagine i mean there are Um, people like me admittedly that's like oh my god what are they gonna do what are they gonna do after infinity wars wraps up all right you know because all these characters are it looks like they're not coming back for contracts. You know, it doesn't. Yeah, it, it's an interesting. It will be interesting to see uh, where they do take it. I have a pretty good feeling that Robert Downey Jr. is probably finally going to be done after Infinity War Two or Avengers I, Four I, or whatever the fuck it's going to be. Pretty sure Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth will be done as well. Uh, you know, Chris, probably Mark Ruffalo will be done as well too. Chris Hemsworth has ex- has expressed like that maybe he would come back for more, that maybe he's not quite done. Um, but, you know, that that <coughs> comes... Really, it's going to come down to one thing, and that's money. Right. Like, all those dudes, all that that entire original Avengers cast is going to com- uh, command some high paychecks by the time contract rene- rego- renegotiations come around. And desire to carry on the character. I believe that's what uh, Robert Downey Jr., he is afraid of jumping the shark. He feels like he's nailed Tony Stark so well. He's every time he does it again, he's like, "Oh well, can I top that?" You know. Yeah, but wanna... he seems fairly up to extending because originally his contract was, if I'm not mistaken, three Iron Man movies, three Avengers movies, right? And now he's done three Iron Man movies, Civil War, Spider Man Homecoming, and four Avengers movies. So he seems pretty up to, um. Extending that contract, I'm sure the money does not hurt at all. 
you know, it never does. But I can also see him being like, yeah, it's time to be done with this. They may, for all we know, they may kill him. You know, they may kill off Iron Man. I got a feeling because, you know, I wonder, because after I, I watched Civil War a couple of days ago, I was like, man, Tony Stark's got some penance. He's got some some making up to do for fucking over basically the Avengers. Yeah. Um, so why don't we get back to Star Wars? We got off on a crazy Marvel ta- tangent yeah. there. It's uh, Disney. It's under the same umbrella. Yeah. And, and and I think, you know, the more and more we hear about what they're doing with their future plans in Star Wars, I think some parts of the Marvel model become uh, applicable to Star Wars in some ways. Will we ever get to the point where, you know, we have three or four Star Wars movies a year like Marvel? I don't think so. But two I could see happening now. I'm wondering if they, they do announced. a kid's Star Wars movie, like a, a princess animated Disney style Star Wars movie. I don't know. I, I, I think it's more, I think a Marvel approach is more likely. Um, right. Now, could we eventually see something like. Because we got the Clone Wars, right? Right. But I mean, I think. kind of that. I think they'll keep that to TV. Like, for animated stuff, I think they'll mainly keep it to TV. You know, maybe they'll do a surprise Big Hero 6-style Star Wars animated movie somewhere down the line. But for the most part, I think animation will be firmly held to the realm of TV series and things like that. So, if I had to guess. Um, What's your favorite shot from this second, from the full teaser whatever the fuck the official teaser oh favorite shot um kind of the shot with lando where the kind of strobe lights going off in his face that's pretty cool the one where he gives the big smirk at the gambling table that's pretty cool too uh i'm pretty sure that that might be the game i think that might be where we see Han win the Falcon from Lando. Your ship. I wonder from you fair and square. Uh, the picture of Lando that they released in entertainment this week, entertainment weekly this week, whew, uh, showed him holding up what looked like a card in that same spot. And then right before or right after that in the trailer, you see a scene of like Han from the back going into that room. Yeah. I, I think we're, I think that's what's going on there. I think that's the the Sabak Sabak game, where Han wins that damn ass Millennium Falcon. But just sort of looking at the oh, you gotta like that Red Dead Redemption shot too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was I loved that one. The Red Dead Redemption. It's about to be a showdown. Quick draw showdown. I rig really. Really dig the design of that villain guy. I was about to, yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. That villain that he's facing off with looks sick. Yeah, man. Uh, it makes me wonder, like, what, what did they do to get on this guy's bad side? So, um, in the first teaser from the Super Bowl, we saw that train, right? 
<clears throat> and given sort of the Western feel of this movie, you kind of think, oh, the, it's, it's your classic Western train heist. And apparently that's not even the big job that Beckett is putting the crew together for. That is sort of a test of Han, according to Entertainment Weekly. Like Beckett's putting together <clears throat> a, a, a crew for a job, but first he wants to test Han and Chewie with this train heist. I wonder if they need something off of the train to complete the heist. Yeah, some critical component or something. Um, I really like whatever that night, not necessarily a nightclub or whatever, where the lady in the golden dress is uh, singing yeah. with the floating creature beside green, her. In the, yeah, floating green liquid creature. Yeah, in the fucking Futurama bubble. Um, yeah, that, that shit was cool. Um, it's got, it's, I, I said this on Rogue One this week, it's got a Blade Runner vibe to it, that scene, I thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so like just looking at the trailer and stuff, I kind of get a feeling that he says, you know, I've been on my own, or I've been running scams since I was 10. And it kind of makes me think that they might be going with the EU explanation of Han's backstory. Not to a T, but the part where he was an orphan. And sort of was living on the streets of Corellia, or came up and on the streets of Corellia. Flunked out of the academy, or was kicked out of the academy. Imperial Flight a, Academy. Having a mind of his own. Now, here's a question. So, we see him talking to the recruiter, right? And the recruiter, I love the way the recruiter's kind of cheesy. And he's like, great, you're going to love it. Like, total military recruiter type dude, right? Yeah. Um, we see him talked in that talking to him. And do you think it's possible that that's Han signing up for the Empire? And we're going to see him in the Academy and see whatever gets him kicked out? Because um, I kind of do. Maybe. You know, the, the old backstory for Han was that he was in the Empire and that he defected. Or and something. I thought his defection had to do with liberating Chewbacca specifically. I believe it does. And I kind of think we might still see, see something to that effect. Um, and maybe, you know, they sort of keep that. See, the Han Solo movie, we talked about this with Jason last week. It's kind of in an interesting spot because it's been around since before George Lucas sold to Disney in very like earliest form, right? And right. when they sold to Disney, it was on the table with Lawrence Kasdan being one of the writers with his son. And that's why they brought were able to bring him over to The Force Awakens. They're like, we know you're working on Han Solo right now. JJ needs some help with the Force Awakens script. Do you mind coming over and helping him with that and putting Han Solo on hold for just a second or finishing up Han Solo, whatever. So there is a, a really good possibility that a lot of this stuff might have even come, well, we don't even have to say might have, like from the EW stuff, we know there's some stuff from George in this movie. So, you know. Really? I didn't know that. Uh, he even, it was even announced today that when he came to visit uh, Ron Howard on set, he kind of maybe directed a little bit of a scene, too. Nice. That's good. Yeah, man. That's really good. That makes me feel good. Yeah. So, um, it's interesting. Like, 
back in the day during Revenge of the Sith, at one point George Lucas, Lucas, Lucas planned to have Han Solo appear in that movie as a kid. And he was going to be like raised by Wookiees on Kashyyyk. I believe is how it was going to go. And then he ended up not doing it. I don't even know that it ever even got shot. I think it was something that got scrapped as an idea before they even started making the movie. That Han was raised by Wookiees? Yes, that his parents um, were... I, I don't want to get this wrong, but I think the general idea was his parents were basically like... um, Not archaeologists. What's the word? Paleontologists? That were okay. on Kashyyyk, like sort of studying the Wookiees when they either got killed during a battle in the Clone Wars or died somehow. So he was left alone and sort of was raised by Wookiees, right? That would make sense of how he knew Wookiee speak, you know, before right. he met Chewbacca. But they um, they ended up scrapping that idea, so it's not a thing anymore. And then we know that the Star Wars show Underworld that was in development while George still had um, Lucasfilm was going to deal with Han at a younger age, how he met Lando, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, so I, I still think there, there's a pretty good possibility that some of that stuff at least lightly informed story elements in this movie. So t- to me, that's pretty exciting. It's probably, to be honest, the closest to like George Lucas. George, why do I keep calling him Lucas? Lucas. Oh, George Lucas. I'm starting to sound like my grandmother. George. George Lucas. Um, Old nunny. But it may be the closest that we've gotten to some sort of Lucas-approved story or, you know, something he worked on a little more than what ended up happening with the sequel trilogy because, you know, they didn't really use his ideas that he sort of outlined before selling. <clears throat> um, so, you know, that's kind of exciting. We'll see a little... Little Uncle George in the movie, I imagine. Little hints there, here and there. But if I had to guess, we'll see him on Corellia getting in trouble with the authorities, street racing and stuff. Maybe then he signs up for the Academy. We see him in the Academy. Um, he defects or leaves, maybe even because he um, saved Chewie. And then at some point, Beckett shows up and tells him he's putting a crew together. They go on the train heist, which, you know, snowballs from there, leads to the big job, twists and turns. There's some guy in crazy bone armor, blah, blah, blah. You know, and at some point in there, I would imagine it's probably even going to be somewhere towards the end, we'll see him play Lando for the Falcon. That'll be neat. That's what I'm looking forward to. What do you think of the space octopus? I mean, I dig it. It's a giant. Uh, it's a giant being. It's in. They're flying, so it's clouds, right? I don't know. I think that might be space. Is it space? I was wondering. What are the? So we we saw them in Battlefront, right? The the giant creatures on Bespin. Yeah, I don't know what those are called. I know. Well, I mean, if you think about it, we've got slugs in space. And Star Wars, fucking space right. slug, and Empire Strikes Back. There's, I, I believe they're called Purgles and Rebels, which are basically space whales. So Star Wars 
has established that there are some creatures that can live in space. So the, the, Zil- the Zillow Beast, I yeah. guess. Well, he was on. He was on land. He was on. Coruscant. I'm just thinking massive. Yes, Star yes. Wars. As far as giant beast like that, he definitely falls into the category. Absolutely. I was just wondering if that was on Bespin. If that was that same creature that we saw. Hmm. The you know that helped make the Tabana gas. I kind of feel like we won't see Bespin in this because I don't think. Like, in Empire, it seems like Han's never been there, and, like, Lando's explaining to him what Bespin's all about and stuff. I think he set himself up there. Yeah, that makes sense. And also, just chronologically in Rebels, which is way closer to A New Hope than Solo, um, Lando is off with fucking puffer pigs and mining on Lothal and stuff. So, he's definitely not at Bespin then, I would imagine, so... I think it's a Bespin is a, a more recent development for Lando in Empire Strikes Back. I got you. Um, so how do you feel about Alden as Han Solo? I like it. I yeah. dig it. Good. Good, man. I've got no problem. I don't it's have... It's not hard for me to make the jump. Right. It, well, I know everybody's like, I don't know if he can pull it off. I don't know if he can do the Harrison Ford Han Solo things. Like, he's not supposed to be Harrison Ford. Okay, he's supposed to be Han Solo, and you never know how he's gonna do till you just watch the fucking movie and give him a chance. Like, right? You know, you can't call the game before it's been played. Absolutely, I, I totally agree with that. And especially and- seeing the feedback that I that they've talked about. You know, um, that Alden Ehrenreich has talked about his conversations with Harrison Ford about the character and what Harrison Ford told him about discussing the character with George all the way back in the day and um, hearing Donald Glover talk about talking about, you know, discussing Lando with Billy D. Williams. Like I, that is what gets me so pumped. The fact that, you know, they got direction and, uh, information from the original people that that played these characters, right? It's not like they're dead. They're still around. They're happy to talk to them. You know, it's... I'm not worried about it in the slightest. Not in the slightest. Yeah, so... The thing is, is he doesn't even have to be Han Solo in A New Hope. You have to see shades of that character and hints of that character, but right. he's much younger man at this point. Like, And Han Solo in Return of the Jedi is nowhere fucking near. Han Solo in A New Hope. No, it's a character arc. Right, um, right. He grows you know, exponentially in between there. Han Solo in A No Hope is not the same Han Solo in Empire Strikes Back. No, no, definitely not. Um, so, you know, as long as I can watch the movie and be like, yeah, that's a younger version of that character, and it feels believable with me, I'm fine. I'll say I'm most of the way there after seeing the two teasers. Most of the way, 80, 85, 90% of the way convinced. And it's not like I, it's not even that I necessarily saw something in the trailers that I didn't like. I liked the stuff I saw. It's just a matter of now I want to see more, you know, to, you know, because it's real easy to pick out the best moments and put them in a trailer. When you're sitting down at that two hour runtime, that's the real test. And the, the, mo- the, mo- the moment that sold me was when that very last one, he was like, I thought it was going to be rough there, but we're fine. Everything's fine. And then uh, he has to, you know, avoid the the space octopus. I was like, Psh, Han Solo, Han yeah. Solo all day. It felt like it reminds me. me of that. 
Reminds me of that scene where they're in the um, uh, on the prison level, and he's like, uh, "Everything's everything's fine here. Just uh, had a small small weapons malfunction, small reactor, reactor leak. leak. Very dangerous. Give us a sec. Very dangerous. Give us a second to lock it down." Yeah, I, I'm I'm sure that is exactly what it was meant to remind you of too. Like, <clears throat> so yeah, I I really like what I've seen so far. And, uh, you know, the more and more I see, I hope it just reinforces that feeling. So I'll be looking forward. I'm incredibly excited and hyped for this movie at this point. Uh, I was hyped already and the trailer, just like it always does for these things, man, just sent it even further. And, you know, we've got, (laughs) shit, it's only a little over three months until we're watching this thing, man. Like that's, is that's exciting. I can't tell you how excited I am. I'm I'm probably ninety five percent Last Jedi excited. Yeah, yeah. So a hundred percent. Like if we're going in percentages, like Force Awakens, I was like a hundred and fifty. You're talking hype yeah. like never hyped before. Right, right. You know, Rogue One. By the time it rolled around, I'm at like ninety percent hyped. Enjoyed the movie, but like it was never. Like, hearing the story, I was like, okay, that's cool. That could make for a cool movie. But it was never like, oh, I got to see that story told. You know? Right. <laughs> Last Jedi, 100% hyped. 100. And now, uh, Solo, I'm getting there, buddy. I'm getting there. Give me a final trailer. Give me some... Uh, uh, you know when the hype will really, really kick in for me is, is fucking Wookiee weekend going and getting that first fucking group of merch, some black series, some three. Oh, can't wait. You know, you know this is going to be weird as shit. Okay. It's going to be awful to say, but when I was growing up, I had the Han Solo blaster, right? It was orangish and, mm-hmm. it, but it had like, it had the wear and tear painted on it. And it made the sounds, right? It made the blaster sounds when you fired it. It had some weight to it. Quite obviously a toy, but pretty damn accurate uh, as to what Han Solo's blaster was. I assume this was the Power of the Force line right around in there somewhere. Yeah, Power um, of the Force, too. Right. Yeah, and I think and you're probably right. I want that blaster, okay? I want this version. I hope that w- if th- in this solo run of toys... They release a blaster, not a fucking Nerf blaster. I don't want to shoot the fucking styrofoam pellets out of it. I just want the blaster. And then I can paint it again myself if I want to. But I want that blaster again because I don't know what happened to that. You know, it, it's been years. You know, I was, a, I was a kid. You know, I don't know what happened to it. But I want that blaster again. And I hope it's in this run of toys. I wouldn't be surprised. They've been putting out what they call, quote unquote, role play products. You know, your lightsabers and... Uh things like now will it will it not be a nerf blaster i don't know buddy it there's definitely a, a chance that it'll I mean, be a nerf yeah. blaster you I, know? Know, I mean i know i know because the the during rogue one um they released the stormtrooper blasters right and they were all nerf blasters yeah and i think they may have done the same thing for um last jedi as well i think there might have been some nerf blaster business going on as well um what'd you think about chewy in this his his double bandolier look what'd you think about that dude i love it yeah he looks a little younger too i don't know what it is but just from the few glimpses i have you know he looks way better than revenge of the sith chewy there's something off about the chewy and revenge of the sith 
it, right? It could just be that they were like, look, um, we're putting Chewie in this movie, but he's not really in a lot of scenes, so let's try to do the costume a little more cheaply. So they didn't spend as much money on the Chewie costume as they would have in like the original trilogy or the sequel trilogy. Right. Or if it, it was just lot. another stock Wookiee costume. You yeah. know, stock Wookiee costume, custom Chewbacca mask. Throw and the bandolier on. Something, something doesn't look quite right. And, and it could also, you know, have been the result of them trying to make him look a little younger. Right. Um, but yeah, I thought Chewie looks cool. I, I really want to see... Um, him meeting Han for the first time. I think that, that scene where he puts his hand on his shoulder, that's pretty cool, dude. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I think he and Han's first meeting could be something like, uh, if pulled off the right way, could be something like really special to see for the first time. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's this thing that we've heard about for so long, Chewie and Han and, and, Chewie's Wookiee life debt to Han that, you know, to see how, what it is that Han did to him. I honestly, I just think they're going to stick with the saving him from being a, uh, a Wookiee slave, which is totally fine. I, that, that backstory oh, yeah. totally works think, for me. I think there'll be some more context to it, but I totally, I'm pretty sure that'll be the flavor of it. Oh yeah. I'm sure. Um, it almost makes me wonder like, so, Ron Howard has hinted that we're going to see Kessel in this movie, right? Do they go to Kessel for some reason and Chewie's there as a slave? Because they've established on Rebels that they use Wookiee slaves on Kessel. It's totally possible. And is that maybe where Han will rescue Chewie from? Because if so, is, that's... Is Kessel... I'm done with that. Do you know the temperature of Kessel? Is it a desert planet? Is it an ice planet? Is it moderate? So, the little bit that they've shown in Rebels, and I'm going solely from sort of canon sources, you don't really see much of a um, biosphere, uh, environment. It doesn't really give you much. You kind of just see some factory, like mining type sets, right? But they yep. do say, Hera says in Rebels something like, it's really hard for Wookiees to survive on Kessel. It's really hard on their body. So, like, they don't so they don't live long there. The reason I ask there. this is for two reasons. Because I was just wondering if that train scene, the train high scene is on Kessel. And then, therefore, they make that's how they make their speedy Kessel run. That's part of improving himself, you know, for the next heist is so let's say Kessel's the snow planet uh it's hard for wookies to live on a snow planet you wouldn't think it would be they're very furry but they come from a jungle planet so right you know maybe not um so maybe that's it or cuz i did see like a a deserty kind of planet in there or at least a deserty kind of scene that's uh where the shootout is i think uh-huh. um but also a, a desert planet would be hard for wookies to survive with all that hair you know, they're not used to that temperature. I don't um, know why, but I get the feeling that Kessel's kind of mountainous and not in the snowy sense, but like the only and my mind goes to desert because I feel like the Kessel spice and the spice of the from fantasy Dune. series Dune 
are related. I, that's just where my mind goes immediately because Dune was a big desert planet. Now, that doesn't mean that's the case. Those are obviously assumptions, but that's just where my mind's led. Right. So if we think about it, all right, if we get Kessel in the movie, that's one place. We know they go to a swamp planet in this movie called Mimbam. This is important because that's a planet from Splinters of the Splinter of the Mind's Eye, the old uh, EU book that was released between A New Hope and Empire, written by Alan Dean Foster. Oh. Um, so they're bringing that planet back into the canon, and it's it's going to be a swampy planet again. So that's Kessel and Mimbam. I'm going to go ahead and assume that we see Corellia, right? Now, I don't think we saw Mimban in the trailer. I didn't see any sort of swampy-looking planet. Unless, maybe, um, you know, the shot of him in the fog looking up? Yeah. Maybe that could be that planet. Um, you know, looking up at the cockpit of the Falcon. Right. Uh, I assume where we see him, and this is just an assumption, whipping around in his car, is um, Corellia. Then that leaves the snow planet and the desert planet. Now, if Kessel's in it, we could not have just seen Kessel yet. That could be what right. it is. But and it, you know, it could be a planet that has not one specific environment. That desert scene and the snow scene could belong to the same planet, just like you know on ours. Yeah, they, and not that it won't eventually happen, but that does sort of go against the the George Lucas idea of Star Wars planets where they're all one sort of environment. Not that they won't ever go away from, from that, but that's just seemed to be the norm so far. You got right. your desert planets, your ice planets. Dagobah is a swamp planet. You know, Endor is a fucking forest planet. Yavin right. is a jungle planet, etc. You just keep going on and on, right? Um, but yeah, I, we'll see. It, it'll be interesting to see how many we planets, how many different planets we get in this. If Kessel's in it, have we gotten a look at Kessel yet? Um, and then what's the deal with the other planets? There's going to be a, I think there's going to be a lot of variety in this movie as far as environments and just cool shit to see. Plus whatever planet they go to. Not that it's not one of these others to see. So apparently, uh, when they're in that, that um, I keep wanting to call it a nightclub, even though it's not that. The place where you see the lady in the gold dress singing, right? It sure feels like a nightclub. They're apparently going there to see a crime boss played by Paul Bettany named Dryden Voss. No relation to Quinlan, unfortunately. Um. So it makes me wonder, is that who they go to for the job? Like, is Beckett like, hey, I'm putting together a group for this job. And he gets the people together and he's like, all right, we got to go see Dryden Voss to get uh, the particulars, the details on this job. Is that who they're working for in this? Because if so, you know, that'd be pretty neat. Um, There's Dryden Voss. There's also, you see her briefly in the teaser uh thandy newton she's got like uh you see her very briefly with the gun and stuff and just like one she's quick got shot the kick-ass afro yes and she's sitting it looks like she's sitting next to maybe like a campfire or something 
Yeah. Her name is Val. Um, a lot of people thought she might be Sana Staros or Sana Solo, who was in the the Marvel comics, but it doesn't look like they're going that route. Um, There's a little kind of Maz Kanata looking creature. Did you see that? Yeah, a lot of people wondered if that was Maz, but if you pause it and look, A, it's it's definitely not. It definitely looks more simian in nature. Yeah. Um, basically, it looks that like a space That was just the only monkey. way I could think to s- describe it. I didn't think right. it was Maz Kanata. Right, but right. But that was just what my mind Well, you, you wouldn't be, if you did think that, you wouldn't have been the only one. I saw that a good bit. The other interesting thing about that character is it's got four arms. Oh, cool. Um, and I don't know... I'm a little torn on it because when I first saw that scene, I was like, oh, that's in one of the gunner turrets on the Falcon. But when you sort of stop and really look at the scene, it doesn't really look like one of those gunner turrets. It looks different. Granted, it could look different that far back, but just something about it doesn't read right. Um, But we'll see. I I would love if part of their crew is a fucking four-armed space monkey. Yeah. Dude, give it to me, man. Did you notice in the scene with the... Uh, we'll just keep calling it a nightclub. Fuck it. Uh, fuck it. We'll do it live. We'll uh, do it live. Uh, did you notice that in that scene, you see a couple of Twi'leks? Yes. So, you know, nice little shout out to some classic Star Wars aliens. I wish we would see a, a little more, a few more every now and then. A little dose of head tails. Because <laughs> um, the males only have one. Right, one tail. No, that's just... Bib Fortuna's fucked up. Oh, okay. That's why he's only got one. He's a fucked up... Dude, meth, not even once. That's all you gotta know about Bib Fortuna. And his cousin that's in Rogue One has been on the meth even longer. I think his name is Beezer. Yikes. Yeah. When a Twi'lek gets a hold of that meth boy... Shoo! Shoo! One of them them head tails just falls slap off. (laughs) Face get all bumpy. Talking they about the, all, the, they get to Ferengi noggin. <laughs> talking all about day wanna wanga. They wanna why go. They wanna oh why go. Um, I take it to job now. <laughs> Oof. I do not like the way. Have I ever told you how much it, it to this day it creeps me out how he rubs R2. I'm telling you right now. Bib Fortuna, fuck Astromech Droid if, if Jabba ain't watching. That's why so many of them get sent to the fucking dungeon to be disintegrated is because they try his to snitch, down, snitch on his, uh, fucking... his bottom His bottom tail has seen uh, the inside of Astromech. It's At like, least one. Because they try to snitch on Bib Fortuna for rubbing on him while Jabba's asleep and he sends him to the dungeon. Has him pulled apart. Dirty. That dude is fucking... Don't let him near your astromech. You'd be having to clean that thing off like Luke on Dagobah. The toothbrush and shit. Broken it and shit. <laughs> I do not like the way, because he's got those like uh, creepy fingernails and he's all rubbing on. Yeah. And the finger, creepy. like the hot top, topic fingerless gloves. Yep. No Megu. Shining, shining that dome. Um, But yeah, so I, I guess that's pretty much... My feelings on the teasers, I'm real stoked on them. Uh, I'm anxious to see more. Uh, I think the more I see, the more I can be sold on Alden. I want to hear Lando now. Like, visually, I am 
a million percent sold on Lando. Without a doubt. Donald Glover as Lando, my man. I want to hear him now. I want to hear in, in some of his performances, Lando, to really cement that in. But I feel like that's going to bring it home. And I feel like they they left out, out on purpose because of how good it was. Well, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. And I could also see, like, you got to save some stuff for the full t- trailer when it comes out. And you got to save some stuff for the movie and the fucking three million TV spots that are coming. So... I think we will see Lando. I think we'll see some performance from Lando before the movie comes out. And I'm just, I'm excited for that. I can't wait to see um, what they do with it. Alrighty. <laughs> so why don't we move on to the next bit? Well, do you have anything you want to add about the, the teasers before we move on? I think we've well covered it. Okay. We shellacked it pretty good. Well, it's it's far from the only thing that happened this week. So the next big piece of news that got dropped on us, I was, was it Monday? I think it might have been Monday, maybe Tuesday. It was announced that David Benioff, Benioff, David Benioff, and the other guy, Weiss, shit, pothole, forgot the other dude's name. Anyway, the guys behind Game of Thrones, the TV show. Uh, have been signed on to produce, write and produce a series of upcoming Star Wars movies separated from the uh, Skywalker saga and Ryan Johnson's recently announced trilogy. And, man, was that a... That's a big announcement for them, man. Uh... A few interesting things to take note of. They're signed on to write and produce, which, uh, you know, I think leaves it open for other directors to come in. I don't necessarily know that they will be directing these movies. Um, The other thing is series, not single movie, not trilogy, but series of Star Wars movies. Now, I think this is the way to go, okay? I think it's excellent to give other writers and directors you know direction free reign to go in the direction they so choose and not just stick to the the numbered episodes yeah well you know i i am going to hold for, firm to the idea that it's not if but when we get another trilogy after episode nine i think it's you know eventually going to happen but i also think they might want to take a little bit of break of a break from those characters to sort of do some other things and then when people are like hey what man we should really get an episode 10 sometimes they're like well guess what we're gonna do guys um another thing that i think it might be a hint at is with that announcement and the ryan johnson announcement you know, they've sort of made it seem like with these two projects, they're trying to do a more mapped out and planned out set of movies. You know, like with episode seven, J.J. and Lawrence Kasdan wrote it and J.J. said, you know, they had some ideas of where it could go from there. 
But for the most part, they basically just passed the baton over to Ryan. Ryan met with them. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like a passing the baton. Right. Passing the torch kind of thing. But I I think it's totally beneficial to have a set of guys do, you know, have an idea where the whole arc is going. Yeah, and I, I think you can do both within Star Wars, you know? You can have the passing of the baton and letting you know, sort of uh, uh, someone with a specific vision for where the story goes next, take over and then pass it on to the next guy. And I think you can also have your tightly planned out series or trilogies of movies. Like, you know, when they announced Ryan, he was set to come up with a concept with this trilogy, guide this new trilogy and direct the first one. With this, they just producing and writing this series of movies and who knows how many that could be two I mean, you know two is a series of movies fucking 10 is a series of movies um and i wonder if that goes on to question marks i wonder if they've just said series for a couple of reasons i wonder if they're they do that because if the first one isn't really well received and then they go with a second one and it doesn't improve its reception and it's you know it doesn't do better then they can say well that's it we said a series two is a series or could it be that they're saying it's a series because these guys haven't even really started working on this movie these movies yet like they said they're not even going to start until the next season or the last season rather of um game of thrones is complete so it's going to be a while before they start working. And maybe they say series because these dudes don't know how many uh, movies they want to plan out, you know. Um, the night that that was announced, Bob Iger ha- held the, I guess it's a quarterly earnings call for Disney investors and stuff. And in it, he was talking about um, the hiring of these guys. And basically... These guys approached them wanting to do a series of Star Wars movies. And they were given, Bob Iger specifically mentions, like, they were given a specific period of time in the Star Wars universe. So they told him, you guys work in this era of the Star Wars timeline, and then they're going from there. And, you know, whenever you hear people talking about specific timelines in Star Wars universe, you get like one of the most immediate reactions is, oh, Knights of the Old Republic. And it could be set during that sort of time period. I still don't think it's going to be an adaptation of that story. I think it'll go off in its own direction. It may pull elements from that story like they tend to do with these new movies, but I don't think it's you're going to sit down and watch the Adventures of Revan and Karth and Bastila and HK-47. I think it'll be its own thing, but possibly still set around that time. Um, I'll be interested to hear what they're doing. I'll be really interested to see uh, the talent they hire to direct those movies. I hope they make the right choice on those because they could do... Because there's some work they could do at hi- in hiring over at Lucasfilm. Let's just say that, for lack right. of lack of a better term, and as a bit of an understatement. Um, but yeah, I you know, Game of Thrones is one of my favorite TV shows, but it's in by no means perfect to me. 
I en- I love watching it. I get so excited for the new seasons, but it has occasionally let me down. And the only reason I'm saying that is uh, these guys definitely don't bat a thousand for me, but they do a solid job for me. And so I was pretty excited to hear that announcement. Yeah, I mean, they certainly know how to tell a story, which is what's important to me. So, you know, one of the things that's come out since these got hired, these guys got hired as people being like, oh, here it comes, R-rated Star Wars, and guys like, I don't see it. People being like, that's the last thing Star Wars needs, blood and guts and sex and nudity. It's like, guys, You're not gonna that's get that. not what they're doing, okay? Yeah. That's not the only thing they know how to write. That's just what, uh, uh, it's what R.R. Martin likes to write, so right. you have to write that as well. Right. The thing is, is like, I think this could just be these guys' chance to work on something very mainstream, even. Like, I don't think it'll be, you know, The Phantom Menace. If anything, I think it will be a more adult Star Wars. But when I say adult, I don't mean, like you were saying, crazy amounts of violence or nudity or sex or anything like that. I mean, in complexity terms. Thought-provoking. You know, these guys, if anything, these guys can weave a pretty well-told told story that encompasses a lot of characters. There's a shit ton of characters in Game of Thrones, and their storylines are not basic. They're very interwoven and complex. You know, we may even see more of sort of a political element in this movie because there is right. a lot of political stuff in Game of Thrones, and a lot of times it can be the highlight of that show. And the, there's a lot of political stuff in Star Wars. You know, that was, unfortunately, one of everybody's main gripes about Phantom Menace was that it opened with a fucking trade dispute and a blockade and the, the Senate and the politics. Like, you know, that doesn't get everybody. But I to- that that trips my trigger. I like political intrigue, you know. Yeah. I loved me some House of Cards. So what I mean is, like, I could almost see how with the two different series that they have going on, like maybe uh, Ryan Johnson's is the more fantastical and, you know, bombastic sort of Star Wars movie, whereas these guys, this series of movies might be a little more complex and have, you know, a little more complex of a storyline and twists and turns and things and like I mean, that. And I mean, it also is the timeline it's in. You know, the the old Republic... Not the old Republic, but the Galactic Republic era where the Jedi Academy, you know, the Senate was very active. Like, there's a lot of potential for political intrigue in the Jedi Council. Right, if that's what they're political. doing. Yeah, and, uh, but, you know, in the time of the Empire, you ain't got, I mean, <laughs> fuck political intrigue unless you want to see the inner workings of the Empire. Unless you want to see a board meeting where somebody gets choked to death. Like, that's about as far as your political intrigue goes because the good guys have been run underground. There is no... Well, yeah, and in, in A New Hope, the Senate is dissolved. Right. Like, that, that's one of the right. things that happens in A New Hope. So, yeah, I see what you're mean, saying. Um, it all depends on the era. You know, you know if, if these guys aren't going to get started working on this until next year, this movie is still quite a ways away. You know, I'm years. sure while they're hanging out and on off days during Game of Thrones, I'm sure they're talking about it and getting ideas together. But if... Work isn't going to start in earnest until sometime next year. Like, you know, it's going to be... I would assume it's even going to be past the first movie in Ryan Johnson's trilogy. 
Although, I do wonder if, like we were talking about earlier, this could be a sign that we are in for maybe two Star Wars movies a year. Yeah, that's kind of what I figure. Maybe they're With even... Two different sets of directors slash writers having two different chunks of the universe to play in. I can't imagine not seeing two a year. You know, I Well, just don't. And, and not just that, like I was talking to Jason this week after all these big announcements and I kind of mentioned that to him and, and he said like he can't imagine that they're not also going to still try to do sort of character-focused spinoff movies oh, like Solo. Precisely. And, like I was you like, know, you've got Boba Fett and Obi-Wan potentials on the deck. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of you know, hype for both of those. Yeah, and you know, who knows how real it is, but since Disney bought Lucasfilm, there was rumors of a Han movie, a Boba Fett movie, and a Yoda movie. I don't even know if that Yoda movie is on the table, if it ever was, but you gotta maybe figure that in as a possibility. And when you think of that, when you think I of, don't need that one. I don't need it either. But you know, to be honest, like I wanted a young Boba Fett movie more than I wanted a young Han Solo. Not even a young Boba Fett movie. That is not me saying that I wouldn't go see it. Uh, Yeah, yeah. But it's not one that I'm dying for. It's me saying I like the mystery of Yoda. I, I I like that. I like the fact that we don't meet Yoda until he's, you know, 880 years old. Yeah, but the fact that he is 880 years old gives you a lot of room to tell a cool Yoda story without ruining that mystery you know you go a hundred years before phantom menace and you don't have to explain you know where yoda came from what his race is etc you don't have to have any of the jedi from phantom menace on in it no not a single one so you know the fact that he's lived so long does open in my opinion open up story opportunities to do a yoda movie um I just hope if they do want to do a Yoda movie, they just do it while Frank Oz is still around. Cause you better chop, chop and get to it. He's not a young guy, but he seems fairly healthy as far as I know. Um, but yeah. <clears throat> so if, if you take in like character spinoffs, fucking the game of Thrones guys, series of movie, Ryan Johnson's trilogy, plus a possible, sequel to the sequel trilogy like unless they're just planning way in advance what years and years in advance i can't see they're not being two a year and maybe i mean which is what disney does clearly with its properties yeah and and maybe they're just been trying to take their time get talent signed up and get the production pipeline going i mean we're already seeing episode eight and solo five months apart you know, um, yeah. So, <laughs> could be that that's sort of the testing ground. If Solo does well, and and they seem to work well off of each other. Then I could see, you know, a future where we get the, one of the Ryan Johnson trilogy movies, and then a character spinoff in May or something to sort of lighten the tone, or you know, not be as heavy, um, and then just keep it going and going. And when you think at it, about it, like <laughs> we're possibly looking at a future where we're we're not going to be coming on a show and being like slow news week to w- this week, guys. If there's two movies a year, 
you know, separated by five to six months apiece. Like that cuts down on the slow news weeks. That's going to be like this new this week in Star Wars. Yeah, and then that's not all. In the same earnings call, Bob Iger announced that they have multiple Star Wars series in development for the Disney streaming service that's coming. Hot diggity dog. Now, when he says multiple series, that doesn't all mean live action. For sure, one of those is um, animation. For sure, it has to be the one that Dave Filoni has kind of hinted at. You know, we haven't heard anything solid or anything from the animation side of Lucasfilm, but he did mention that, like, yes, there will be something after Rebels, and it probably won't be announced until Star Wars Celebration next year. Um, And if that's the case, I have a feeling that the animated series, the next one, might even be something that's available on this Disney streaming service at launch. Because some rumors sort of broke today about the Disney service. And apparently, it's aiming for a fall 2019 launch. Uh, It's coming up soon. Yeah. Yeah. And that uh, in in, in this sort of rumor um, breakdown that came out today, they mentioned fall 2019... uh, Launching first in the United States and then staggered releases out in other territories. There will be no R-rated content on the service, PG-13 only, which, you know, that makes sense. That's the Disney thing. Apparently, anyway. the uh, other stuff will stay on, like, Hulu and things like that. Like, any Disney... Like, Disney makes movies that aren't branded as Disney, but they own the property. Like, you know, back in the day, Disney owned Miramax. So, Miramax, MGM. You know, things like that. So <clears throat> that kind of stuff will be on other streaming services besides Disney. Um, and then they listed a bunch of movies and stuff that's in development. I think like a live action Sword in the Stone, maybe a live action Lady and the Tramp. They're getting into this live action remake stuff. It's big business for them, man. Big. After um They're doing Aladdin. They're doing Aladdin and Lion King. And Lion King. You know yeah. your boy will be real stoked for live action Lion King. Yeah. I love me some Lion King. I love Aladdin too. I'll definitely check that one out. Will um, Smith is the genie in Aladdin. Uh yes. Yes. Um and Sword then the Stone will be kick ass. They they mentioned, you know, that they're working on I believe at least one live action Star Wars in this rumor thing, a live action Star Wars series and a live action Marvel series of some sort. Um in the earnings call, Bob Iger said that they're in discussion with a lot of talent for the streaming service when it comes to Star Wars. And that they're close to being able to announce one of those. I guess once the deal is is finalized and stuff. So <clears throat> it sounds like we might be getting a announcement on maybe the first Star Wars live action show that we'll be getting sooner rather than later. And he said that the 
the t- level of talent they're going after for these series is quote unquote high. So, you know, I just hope they put their full weight and muscle behind this and really pr- produce something cool. The if anything potentially Star Wars related makes me nervous. It's live action Star Wars TV series because Star Wars has such a level of production and and detail to it that like I've yet to see a TV series that looks as good as a Star Wars movie, you know. And I, have I don't you watched. Think... Have you seen the new Star Trek series? Yeah, and, and it looks okay. It looks say, good. There's quite a bit of production value in that. I don't disagree that it it, it comes close. Um, and if Star Wars TV was able to get to that level, maybe a little higher, I think that's all you'd really need. I'm not. I'm you know I'm not a dummy. I'm not expecting a fucking. $250 million budget movie style TV production. You know, I right. know it's going to have to be a little lower, but I just hope they don't cheap out too much. And I hope that they can uh, find a showrunner that's good at working a budget in a way that it still looks like there's a ton of production value on a lower budget, basically. Yeah. Um, it, it, it excites me and makes me nervous at the same time. If anything in Star Wars makes me nervous, it's live-action TV series. Um, but, you know, like we were talking, like, sit back a second and take, like, a 30-foot view back from Star Wars and think, like, right, if they do two movies a year and they have at least just one, one live-action series and one animated series running throughout the year, that's like year-long Star Wars. Yeah, year-round. Year-round. Like, there's not... And, and that also means, like, let's say, you know, okay, 2021 or 2022, one of the Ryan Johnson movies comes out and Boba Fett comes out. Say you don't like the Ryan Johnson movie or you don't like the Boba Fett movie. There's one just around the corner. Let's say... You like an episode of the animated show, but you don't like an episode of the the, the live-action TV show. There's always going to be something upcoming. All I got to do is wait two weeks for the <laughs> next one. Yeah, as, as what I'm saying is, like, I think people's disappointment in certain things with Star Wars will... In some ways, Star Wars will become less precious. Each, each Star Wars release will become less precious to us because it doesn't have I... that... It doesn't have that weight of have to, having to be the you know the best thing you've ever seen for the next year until the next thing comes out. You know. Well, I wonder if the Disney streaming service will return to the weekly or biweekly or monthly release of episodes instead of the info dump the way Netflix does, uh, because <sighs> you know I just wonder because that's a way to keep it kind of going. Did you see this week's Rebels? You know, it's mm-hmm. not. I watched all of. Uh, I watched Rebels season two, all at once. You know, all at once. And then there's somebody online spoiling it for everybody because it, you know, because it's basic. Shows on Netflix, you better binge it if you don't want it spoiled. And that kind of sucks because, you know, not everybody has time to do that. Yeah, and you know, and not everybody got time for that. Yeah, it will be interesting to see. You know, there's as far as the streaming content goes, be it Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, fucking Crunchyroll. I mean, there's so many now, right? Yeah. As far as that goes, there's there's definitely 
two ways that seem to be it seems to be done. There's the the binge, the drop it, and everybody binges it. And then sometimes you do get things like um, uh, what was that Stephen King show they did on Hulu? Eleven is the one that was about the Kennedy assassination. Eleven twenty seven. Franco. Yeah, that one. They did on like a weekly release schedule. I think Hulu, a lot of times with their originals, does a weekly release schedule. But now, you're even starting to see that a little bit on Netflix. Like David Letterman's new show, I think, uh, is definitely not binge. Like, you can't binge it. Um, Grand Tour on Amazon Prime is released. An episode is released every Friday. But they also do binge uh, style. Like, they'll put out an entire season of... uh, Man in the High Castle at once, and things like that. Um, so, if I had to guess, they might actually go with the week-to-week, at least to start off with, because I think if you do that, it can kind of extend. Like, when people have so many options. Now, like, back in the day, or not even, it's it's hard to say back in the day when, you know, Netflix streaming's only been around, like, probably eight or nine years now like it's not been that long i was about to say it's getting close to 10 i'm not sure but it's getting close to 10 i remember firing it up the day it went live on xbox 360 i remember getting it in the mail before it was online me remember i had a netflix subscription for the longest time i'd sit down with you and josh and be like what do we want to get this week and we'd get so it was definitely 10 years ago because i moved in with you in 2008 yeah and then but it was a little while after that that Netflix and I remember the first movie we watched on Netflix streaming THX 1138 there you go um but with so many options now like Netflix Hulu Amazon whatever HBO now whatever you everybody has like to ask them to add another ten dollar or however much service a month um I could see some people that would be like, oh, they're putting out the entire first season of the new Star Wars animated show, and that's all I care about. I'm going to subscribe for one month, watch it all, and then cancel my subscription. If they do it from a week to week, like release one episode a week. You can't do that, Jack. Yeah. Then you either have to wait for the entire series to come out and then get it, and then you're, what, two months behind, three months behind, whatever it is. Everybody's already talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I could see that being sort of a, a way for them to sub- extend subscriptions to a service like that. Um, and then maybe once it, it gets up and running and it becomes a Netflix like service to people where they're, they're looking forward to multiple movies and things released throughout the year, then maybe they start, they switch over to that type of, um, release it all at once model. I, I really don't know. Um, I'll be interested to see, you know, with the rumors that came out today, they mentioned, like, that they're basically developing full-budget live-action Disney movies for this service. Will we ever see, you know, a made-for-Disney streaming Star Wars movie? You know, maybe something with a smaller budget. Maybe, you know, Hmm. um, you know. I don't know what they would do, but it makes me wonder when when they're developing not just TV format content for this, but also movies. You know, maybe it's possible. 
tales of Jen Erso before she, after she left Saw Gerrera, before she went to Rogue One. It could be something like that. It could be something, uh, you know. Yeah, honestly, I, I can't think of anything right now. But it could be something. Something that wouldn't require a full $250 million budget. Um, that wouldn't warrant a big promotional theater release. But they could still do in like the style of a movie and release on the streaming service. I don't know. I'm just saying the future of Star Wars looks pretty interesting when you take a step back and you see what all that they've announced and have ready to, well, not ready, but are in the works of announcing. It could be some exciting and a little worrying, not worrying, but a little scary stuff. Um, you know what else Disney owns is Lost, right? Come on, Disney. Bring me bring me a sequel to Lost on that tr- streaming service. I'll buy two subscriptions. One to watch and one just because I love you fuckers for doing that for me. You listening, Disney? Help a brother out. Come on, man. <clears throat> all right. So what do you think about all these crazy announcements, Will? Uh, mind blown. Can't wait for the future. Super stoked. Yeah, man. I'm super stoked. And, and I think it's, uh, you know, it's an exciting prospect to have, you know, all the information tied into a movie release that we get to discuss or a, a trailer or the movie itself, plus a live action show, plus an animated show, plus another movie. Like, obviously, this is just sort of speculation. They haven't announced, yeah, we're doing two a year, but. I don't know, man. It it seems like it could be possible. I think if Marvel's got it, Star Wars will got it too. Yeah, yeah. I think it could very well be the case, especially if at some point they do plan on, and it doesn't seem like it right now because we already know like some of their post-Infinity War plans for Marvel. Like after Infinity War in May, we're getting... Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, the second Ant-Man movie, right? Yeah. And then, I think that's it. I think that's the last Marvel movie until next year with Infinity War 2 or whatever it ends up being called. And then the summer after that is Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man Homecoming 2, or whatever they end up calling that. And so, you know, we're getting Captain Marvel is filming right now. So we know a little bit of their plan. So it doesn't really seem like they plan on ramping down the Marvel universe at any point, but if they do, I could see them, you know, then cranking up the star Wars a little bit while uh, Marvel takes a break. Although with that fucking, the future of Marvel is pretty, uh, could be pretty interesting as well with this potential Disney buy or not Disney. I was about to say, all those all those questions you have about the streaming service and the content, every single one of those applies to Marvel as well. It sure does. It sure does. Yeah, man. Um, mm, I just... 
kind of like it's, it's kind of overwhelming to think about it. But so, you know, it's it, it was hard enough getting used to a Star Wars movie every year. We yep. used to have to wait three years for them bitches. Used to um, I remember when I thought it was never. Oh yeah, I had that happen twice, my dude. You know what I'm saying? Like as a kid growing up, as a young and being like, oh, I guess they're just never gonna do episode one, two, and three. And they oh did shit, it. there's prequels. And then they did it, and I was like, all right. All right, that's it. That's it. No more Star Wars. And then they're like, nah, surprise, more Star Wars than you ever imagined. And I'll tell you what, every time we talk about all this fucking Star Wars stuff they have planned in this crazy, amazing future where we're damn near overloaded with Star Wars, I think back every time to like back in 2015 when Wired put out that article with that fucking headline that said, you won't live to see the end of Star Wars. Why they got to do me like that, Will? They, they put that anxiety in you that day, and it has not gone anywhere. It has so. not. That I, you should be happy that Star Wars will outlive you. No! No! Like, I, I don't consider myself a very selfish dude, but I'm going to be selfish about that. I don't want to die and not get to see the Star Wars that comes after me. Well, if well I'm trying Elon to get Musk, healthy, son. I'm trying to live longer so I can see more Star Wars. If Elon Musk brings about the singularity, you can download your consciousness into a, a stack. I'm and, telling uh, you. Uh, be around for all the Star Wars. Have you been watching Altered Carbon? Bro, you know, I saw. I binged all of it. Okay, do not ruin it for me because I have been taking my sweet ass time. With you know, Altered I, Combat. I, I know better than to ruin it for you. Like, it's a mo- it's a show that I'm really enjoying. I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I was a fan of the book. Um, and I... Like, I watch a lot of TV while I work from home, right? Which means I'm on my laptop typing fucking all day. Not, you know, when I'm at home, because I also work outside of my house. Um, and... It's a, a show that I refuse to watch while I work because I want to be able to give it my full undivided oh, attention, right? You can't. You got to see everything in it. So I uh, I have um, been slowly go. I think I'm maybe four episodes in, and I'm really digging it. This is not a spoiler. I'll tell you this. There's more nudity and titties in that show than I've probably seen in, in any show ever or any 80s movie or anything. There is quite a bit of nudity in that show. There is quite a bit of nudity in that show. I noticed that as quite well. Quite a bit. Male and female. I mean, don't even... I'm not just... Uh, I'm not... Really I'm dig just, the Poe character. Really dig Poe. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, so, I don't want to say any more because I don't want right. to spoil anything and I don't want to yeah. get the discussion going and then you inadvertently drop some tiny little spoiler bomb and I'm like, oh, what the fuck, Will? Yeah, right. Oh, boy. I won't, I won't do you like that. So, guys, I'm going to have to play it straight with you about something. We have a shit ton of emails and voicemails and I cannot thank you guys enough, okay? Really, it is very cool that you guys are so nice and like to interact and send in all these emails and voice messages. We just did a pretty long one discussing yeah. all this news. We're not going to do emails and voicemails tonight. It's getting kind of late for Will and I both. We started a little later than we normally do. Um, but I promise you guys. 
I yeah. we will get to every one of your thoughts on the trailer, your thoughts on episode nine. Somebody's got a complaint about my good girl Dharma. Dharma, what did you do? I'm seeing the email right now. Your first Dharma complaints, maybe. Um, so, guys, I promise you, you guys know how it goes. We talked about it. You know, fucking Star Wars news will calm down. We'll get to you guys' thoughts on all of this. Yeah. If you have a message that we haven't read, you're in the backlog. Don't fear. Yeah. We, will, we, we promise we'll get there. No message left behind. We'll take care of you guys. Sorry, you know. But by no means should you stop. We love hearing from you guys. We love talking to you guys. So continue to send in your voicemails and emails, and we'll get through them. You know how we do. If you guys have been listening for a while, you know you know how we do. But anyway, thanks for taking some time this evening, buddy, to talk about maybe one of our crazier Star Wars news weeks in a little while. It was a was a crazy news week, but you know me, I love it. And then I next week, love um, it. Next week, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to go through all the EW stuff and try to pick out any tasty bits of info that we missed. We may have a special guest here next week if uh, scheduling works out. And like I said, voicemails and emails. So get ready, guys. And uh, we can't wait to talk to you then. But anyways, if you like the band who was kind enough to provide the music that is our theme song, you should check them out. They're on iTunes. They're on Spotify. They're at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. That's right. Stoned Cobra. Kick-ass music for kick-ass theme songs. Check them out. And uh, if you guys have a chance, leave us a, a iTunes review. That helps us, helps us out a lot. Uh, helps us be found easier when people search for Star Wars podcasts and their podcatcher of choice. And... Uh, until next week, this has been Blue Harvest. I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us. <laughs>